Amen. All right, let me, let me give you a fast update. Leave that picture right there. This is, we are observing today Sanctity of Life, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, uh, not because this is the official time in January that we normally do, but uh, we were right in the middle of other things, and uh, so we are going to make sure to specify this year uh, an emphasis on that. So that's where we're headed. Let me give you a quick update. Uh, there's really not a lot to say. I have uh, heard back from the owner of the property that we were considering, and they are unwilling to adjust their purchase price. Uh, so now the uh, task needs to go back to our elders who will have to decide, do we want to spend more than what we intended? Um, I am suspicious they will not want to do that uh, because it's, it's a good bit more than we intended. So we're trusting the Lord and trusting his sovereignty in that and, and beginning to also consider other options. And in fact, I know of another one already that uh, I may go and take a peek at tomorrow, a piece of property. So uh, please continue to pray. We're going to undertake this uh, fundraising effort sight unseen, all right? We are building a building this year. We are, we are trusting God to provide that, right? And uh, so you continue to pray with us as we do, and uh, that'll be a really good thing. And then one other comment about small groups. There are booklets over here as well, because I know some of you live close, and while it's a little difficult to go to a small group that is based on a sermon you didn't hear, it is the same text every week, and uh, so it won't be completely out of context for you to be there. So if you uh, live close and want to get to it with a group in Yorktown or whatever and so on, but there are also, there's information about the groups right there in the green grow booklet over at that information desk, okay? Really get in a small group. If I could force everybody to get in a small group, I would, all right? If, if you want to be in a small group, let me, let me give you, even give you this. If you want to be in a small group and none of the ones that exist work for you, write on your Connect card, I'd love to be in a small, I know it's a pretty small card, so you have to write small. I want to be in a small group, but here's when I can do it. And now if you say, you know, two in the morning, you know, on... Thursday mornings, you're probably not going to get anything out of that, but um, I, I, will, I will see what I can do. That's all I can offer you, all right? I really want to see you in a small group, all right? All right, let's get on to this business of the sanctity of life. This is such an incredibly important topic. Uh, we have a great deal of confusion in our culture about life. Now, we have babies all over the place up here, right? I mean, we are, a, we are a relatively small congregation, a campus of a very large church, but a small congregation here on the Middle Peninsula. And the last time we had a family dedication, there were four families who had babies uh, here for that occasion, and they're not the only babies at our church, right? So we, we understand the importance of that. Here's the thing about the sanctity of life, and I'm going to get onto it in a minute. We picture that being a baby, a human. From the instant they are conceived, they are a human, okay? Now, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but uh, Pastor Nate just reminded me of something this morning that he's told me before. If it's not a human then you don't need an argument in favor of abortion, right? If it's not human, it doesn't matter. If it's human, then there is no argument in favor of abortion. 
it's murder, right? So let's, I, I want to draw it that simply and that cleanly. I know that there's a lot involved in this, and I know that there will be people who will disagree. And my intention today is not to argue, okay? Of course, I'm the only one with a mic, so I'd probably win anyway. But uh, my point is not to try and bash people who disagree with me. My point is not to try and make a political statement today. My, my intention is not to to dump on people who have abortion in their history. There are people who have, who have had an abortion or been involved in a situation where an abortion took place, and my intention is not to say, oh, what a horrible person, right? My intention is for us to be very God-centered. What does God think? God originated life, so what does God think about the sanctity of life? And consequently, what should that make us think, all right? So let me... Uh, you know, statistics are interesting, so let me remind you of some things that you probably have heard before. You're aware, if you've been around the family very long, that on January 22nd, 1973, the Supreme Court ruled that abortion was acceptable, all right? They legalized abortion. Since that time, it is estimated that there have been about 60 million uh, legal abortions that have taken place in our country. If you add that number to the total population that we currently have, that means about 15%, I think, of our current population, or something like that, has lost their lives to abortion. But that's a big number, and that's nationwide, and I've heard it many times, and it's a little bit like, wow, that's incredible, now can we move on with our day, because it's so out of touch. So let me, I talked with um, Ryan, who leads CareNet, and we're going to talk a little about CareNet here as we get to the end of the service. It's a local uh, crisis pregnancy kind of ministry, and uh, we're actively involved with them uh, at Coastal. In fact, the, the director of it, uh, Ryan, is a member of, of Coastal. It's, uh, it's interesting when we start making this more personal, okay? If we zero that down, zoom it down a little bit and get closer into Virginia, in 2018, there were 16,000 abortions in our state, in the state of Virginia. Last year, can I pick on somebody to please go get me a, a thing of water? You know how desperately I... My dad used to call himself a windmill run by water. I never knew what that meant until I started preaching a lot. Um, in, in the Gloucester-Matthews area, okay? So that's, that's us, right? That's our watch. Thank you very much. You're amazing. Employees are wonderful like that. In the Gloucester-Matthews area, there were 265 pregnancies last year. Of them, and I don't know how this number is figured, but according to the statistics Ryan gave me, 101 of them were unplanned, perhaps unintended. That's 38%. In Gloucester and Matthews counties, there were 52 abortions last year, so one a week. Now, here's why that's personal. You may know some of those people. CareNet was connected with 35 women uh, in the, on the Middle Peninsula. So that makes this issue of the sanctity of life a little more personal, right? This is not just some big national crisis, though it certainly is that. This is personal. You may have neighbors that are struggling with this whole issue of the sanctity of life. What does it mean to have a child? You may have a, a neighbor, you may have a, a neighbor whose, whose, whose teenage daughter is pregnant and didn't intend to get pregnant and doesn't know what to do. So these are, these are very personal situations, right? 
There are all sorts of difficulties. And I know what usually happens is we start bringing up, well, what about rape? Well, what about incest? Well, what about this? What about... I want to kind of get to the 30,000-foot to the view, okay? Can we do that? Can we go to the scriptures and look at God's view of life? Because now, in addition to that, we are having, to me, what is an alarming increase in our devaluation of life. We're, I mean, it's not just at the beginning of life, right? It's at the end of life we're beginning to say, well, if you're really sick, if you're really old, if you really don't have quality of life or whatever we want to call it, well, that's okay. We can start thinking about ways to end it early, right? And that, so there's all of this incredible... Uh, lack of awareness, I think, on what God thinks, or a lack of concern about what God thinks. So um, I'm speaking to you this morning with the presupposition that I care what God thinks about the sanctity of life. It is important to me what God thinks about it, and I want to line my view up with what God thinks about the sanctity of human life, okay? Okay. So here we go. Find Psalm 139. We're going to spend most of our time camped right here. I don't expect to win the debate. I want to simply have us be very God-centered. What does God think about human beings and their life? Okay? We're going to begin right in verse 1 of Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. I want to begin by looking at the fact that God's view of human life is intimate. He knows everything. He knows everything about my life. Now, David, who's writing this psalm, is one who is a follower of God. He, he understands he has a relationship with God. And as one of God's, he says, I am convinced that God's view of my life is intimate. You know me in detail. You know where I am. You know even when I sit down and get back up again. You know what I'm thinking. You know my purposes, my intentions. You know my aims. You know what I want to do. You know the things that I want to do that I can't do. You know the things that I don't want to do when I should, and I'm trying to avoid it. The Lord knows me in incredible detail. You know not only what I intend to do, but you know what I'm actually doing. You also care for me, verse 5 says, personally. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Now, that sounds a little bit like being fenced in, right? Like I've got boundaries, like I can't, I'm trapped. That's not what this picture is about. This picture isn't about being trapped. This is a picture of being surrounded and having God's hand of supervision on my life. 
It is more the picture of a parent who has a toddler who wants to just run wild, right? I was, I forget where I was. Mitchell and I were out yesterday, last, uh, yesterday afternoon, and, and uh, as we're walking along, I guess we'd gone down to Bass Pro or something, and, and uh, we're walking along, and there's a dad here, and this, this little toddler, just this little girl, she looks up, hi, and looks at me and waves real bright and cheery, and I said, well, hi, how are you? And her dad said, you can't just be friendly to every stranger, because <laughs> he's trying to teach her boundaries. You can't just walk up to every strange guy, which I know, thanks a lot, but, um, and just be friendly because you never know what's going to happen in our culture. That dad had his hand of supervision on his little girl. That's not, that's not harming her. That's not limiting her. That's a hand of personal care. That's what this picture is about, right? You, you have, you've, you're everywhere. I, I can't get out of bounds. You're caring for me every step of the way. In fact, it's so incredible. Verse six says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. I can't grasp it. I can't even wrap my head around how personal God is in his knowledge of me, his intimacy, knowing how much God cares for me, knowing how much he understands every detail of my life, it is so intense, I can't even wrap my mind around it. That's how David understands God's view of human life. It's intimate. Secondly, God's view of human life is personal. It's not just that he somehow robotically knows every detail of every person and he's some you know, mega computer that just has all the facts about us. It's personal. Verses seven through nine. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea... Even there, your hand will lead me. Anywhere you can imagine, God is personally interested in your life. Anywhere you can imagine. As I was reading a little about this, various ones would say, oh, that means north and south and east and west. And I mean, trying to figure out what does that mean? It just means you can't conceive of a place where God is not personally invested in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can't get away from God. You may think you can. There may be occasions when you wish you were, but you cannot. There's no possibility of being somewhere where God is not with you. But that's not just threatening because it's tender. Verse 10, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Again, I picture this, and I picture my kids when they were little, and my right hand would hold them, and I would walk with them, and I would care for them, tenderly guiding where they were going. Verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Not even darkness hides me from God's view. Not even 
Darkness keeps God from being personally involved in my life. It's incredible. And I got to remind you, David is not speaking here as some horrible sinner that's trying to run away. He's speaking as a human who has a relationship with God, who stands in awe, overwhelmed at how awesome God is, and that God would care so personally about him. That's what God thinks about human life. That's God's intention when he thinks about humanity, when he thinks about those who are his in particular. There is an incredible sense of intimate, personal connection. God is not just some random being somewhere in creation that's really powerful. He deeply, personally cares about what's happening in my life. Thirdly, God's view of human life is creative. This is where it gets us down to the specific issue of the sanctity of human life when it comes to children in the womb. God's view is creative. He is involved in the development even there. Verse 13, you formed my inward parts and knitted me together in my mother's womb. Knitted together. I, uh, I thought of a, like a quilt or some kind of amazing crocheted blanket. I almost was going to get one and bring it up here, but uh, you don't look at one of those things, one of those really amazing quilts that somebody has taken maybe months to put together and say, oh, look what she threw together, right? Well, you, at least not in front of her you don't. Because it has taken a great deal of planning and preparation and intricate work to make that thing look as beautiful as it does. To make it be exactly the way she wanted it to be. I know, I'm sorry if I'm sounding all like only women knit or whatever, but I just don't know any guys that do quilting. So that's just my experience. So somebody will send me an email. I do. Um, it's incredible that God, when, when a baby is in the womb of its mother, God is actively knitting together in detail that child's life. It takes time to design. It takes great skill. Verse 14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Fearfully made. It's a word that talks about causing astonishment. Incredible. The miracle of new life is amazing. We don't get to experience it until the baby's born, right? And we hold that tiny little thing and we are just in awe. Look what God did. And we'll, we'll even sometimes say to the couple, look what you did. But we know behind that is, look what God did. This is amazing. But it was amazing from the time that child was conceived because God was involved intricately designing and 
bringing together that little baby. Wonderfully. Your works are are wonderful. It's talking about the uniqueness, the separated. There's, There's nobody who can do this like God. It doesn't just happen. Skillfully woven, verse 15 says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately, skillfully woven in the depths of the earth. That's a that's a term that's talking about something like embroidery. We, I've got a, a friend that, I, that was in our church uh, uh, over in Newport News, in fact, and they now live out in, I think, West Virginia, and she does embroidery. And every once in a while, she'll put up a new thing that she's put together, and I'm like, oh, my word, that's like an actual picture. How does that happen? One little thread at a time, right? Skillfully woven. It's It's incredible. That's God's view. His view of human life is creative. God's view of human life, number four, shows understanding. Verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. God understands the detail of what's going on in my life. Jeremiah talks about how God had set him apart and called him from when he was in his mother's womb to be a prophet. God has counted my days, and it's from the time before I was even a form. Here's how Stan Mast has written it. Not only did your eyes see me there at the beginning of my life, but your hand made me. God knit and wove my bones and my sinews and veins. He began with my unformed body, which means literally that time in my life when I was an unformed mass of molecules, undeveloped, undifferentiated, with nothing that would visibly distinguish me as human. Your eyes saw me, And your hands gradually, carefully knit and wove one thread, one vein, one bone, one organ, one system at a time. And it was always me. At the very beginning of my life, you laid your hand on me. That's incredible, right? From the instant I'm conceived, God has my days marked out for me. When Paul was preaching to the uh, the uh, the people in uh, Athens. He was preaching to them about uh, how God had uh, laid things out. I was preaching to them about the unknown God. Acts chapter seventeen and verse twenty six. And he he begins to talk to them to say, this God who I'm talking to you about, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. That's why God made man. That's the, with that kind of understanding, the nations, God has allotted boundaries and times during which they will flourish. Why? Why does God demonstrate that kind of understanding? So that they should seek God, and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he's not actually far from each one of us. 
God defines things with a purpose, and the purpose is that we might know God. We try sometimes to enforce a view of human life from the perspective of, well, here's what God thinks of it, so you should too. There is a sense in which God gives us the, the incredible, intimate design and development of a human being so that we will know God. He gives us that miraculous process so that we can know him better. Lastly, number five, God's view of human life is overwhelming. If we're honest about it, it's, it's overwhelming. Verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they're more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Your thoughts are priceless. They are of great value. Your wisdom is immense. If I could count your thoughts toward me, God, it would be more than the sand. You can't count the sand. That's not a... A, a pointing to a specific number, it just means there is an incalculable number of thoughts. I can't escape the magnitude of it. It is incredible, right? God's view of human life is downright overwhelming. If I were to fall asleep pondering these mysteries, I would wake up and you'd still be there. Your hand would still be on me. It's really, really amazing to me to realize how much we have made the topic of the sanctity of life about us, about our interest, about our perspective, about our thinking, about our convenience or our frustration or our whatever it is we have turned it into a conversation that's very man-centered i hope today i have helped you to see god's view of human life god takes human life very seriously god is intimately deeply personally concerned with those who are invested as human beings with his image bearing the image of God. And I do not believe God takes it lightly when we decide this one or that one is just unnecessary to the scheme of things. For whatever reason, at the 30,000-foot view. So let me give you a couple of thoughts to take with you. The topics is complex. I get that. I totally understand it. Abortion, euthanasia, capital punishment, war... All of these things are impacted by what is God's view of human life. Real people with real struggles are involved. I feel guilty on behalf of the church when there have been times that we have simply been so cold and calculating, well, this is just the way it is, get over it, you're an awful person because you participated. I get that there are real struggles and 
at the time of real struggle when a woman is battling with pressure from someone to get an abortion or when she's struggling with how is this going to work and all of that, that's the time we ought to have the greatest amount of compassion, not softening and understanding of truth, but the greatest amount of compassion to care for someone and help them in that situation. There was a couple, I, I, didn't, I didn't get their permission, so I, I, didn't, I don't want to read it to you, but there's a couple that I uh, am connected with that is, has been part of Coastal. They've moved away now. She is pregnant, and they just found out that this baby has a condition where the top of its skull is missing. And the doctor has given them the phrase, he said, this condition is incompatible with life. This baby will die. If the baby makes it full term, it will die within minutes or hours of being born, barring a miracle from God. And I read in their Facebook post incredible words of hope and trust in God. We will love this baby of ours for as long as God gives us this baby. She's three months pregnant. She may carry this baby that will die for six months. And yet their, their heart is filled with hope because of the confidence they have in who God is and in God's value of human life and that this is their baby she's carrying. If you're struggling with a decision that this message has affected, please come and talk to us. We want to minister to you. We don't like to beat people up at Coastal. It's not our intention. We want to help you. And then let me close with this. The complexity, however, of real-life situations does not change the fundamental truth of this text. When we take life, even at its outer limits, in the earliest moments after conception or in the latest moments of terrible suffering, we are walking in God's territory. It's holy ground, and we must take the shoes off of our feet and proceed not with a passion for human freedom or the best of humanitarian intentions or even with the most advanced scientific precision, but with reverence and wonder and humility. And above all, we must be pro-God and let God be God, the giver and taker of life, even at the outer limits. He is the sustainer and savior of life always. Yes, this topic affects my political decisions. Of course it does. Yes, this topic affects my activities. We're going to offer to you, in fact, as you leave, we have baby bottles, uh, empty baby bottles by the door. Take one with you, go fill it up with all your loose change, or write a big check and drop in there. It will all go to CareNet, uh, a local ministry that is very active in our area on the peninsulas dealing with uh, women who are struggling with this in particular. They are also looking for mentors. They are developing a program finding ladies who would walk alongside of these gals who are in this frame of time where they're struggling and considering the possibility of an abortion and they want ladies who will be invested in the lives of these gals, right? We don't just want to save the life of a baby. We want, to, we want to see this gal redeemed. We want to see her come to faith in Christ. We want to see her walking with God. And we want to see a baby saved. So if you're interested in that, you can write it on your Connect card, okay? Just say, listen, I'm interested. It's CareNet is the name of it. Or you can, Sandy Gibson, Sandy.com. 
Gibson at GoCoastal.org. She's one of the uh, admin uh, gals at the office in Yorktown. Um, we would love to get you connected. If that's something that has a, is a heartbeat of yours, let's do something, okay? Let's not just stand up and, and say, no, no, abortion's bad, abortion, bad, abortion's bad. Let's, let's do something, okay? I can, I can at least empty my, my loose change jar at home, right, and put it in a baby bottle and bring it in and you know, you got a month. You could take it today, bring it back in a month or within a month, and uh, we'll make sure that all that money gets to CareNet, okay? This stuff is so incredibly important, and I know uh, we live in a world where taking a stand on things like this makes us seem unsympathetic, but nothing about God in this seems unsympathetic, right? Nothing seems lacking in compassion. It's... Uh, it's incredibly important, okay? Listen, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Honestly, if you are struggling with something related to this and you want to talk more, I'd be happy to. You can talk to Pastor Nate about it. We would be delighted. We have ladies in our church that I would gladly have you sit down with, uh, and they could talk with you. We would be happy to do that, and we really want to help. So uh, let's, uh, let's be pleased to see that happen. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I am grateful for your kindness to us. I'm thankful that you determined long before creation even started that you would make mankind. And so you brought mankind here in, in most every respect as the pinnacle of your creative genius. Lord, help us to value life as you do. I thank you that you care so deeply. I thank you that you care deeply for babies even those not yet born. And I pray, Father, that you, would, uh, that you would bless as we seek to be active in helping to diminish and perhaps eventually just completely do away with uh, abortion. Uh, Lord, it's an incredible injustice to your view of human life. So we for the privilege that we have of uh, just following after you and learning from you. And I pray that you'd be pleased as we leave this place here in just a few minutes for I ask.